Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so glad to hang out with you today, and I am so happy to be back with another chapter highlight summary from my book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. We've been doing this at the end of every month of 2022, and we are all the way to chapter nine, which is called Inspiring Young Minds learning and discovering passions. This is such a fun chapter and I can't believe the timing seems like these are all so good as we're all kicking off a new school year. It's a great time to talk about learning and discovering passions. I've gone through chapters one through eight and this has just been a lot of fun. I try to share um, a download or something that is a resource from the book over in show notes, which you can find at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 173. So we're going to dive right in. But first, I want to pause to thank you so much for spreading the word about this podcast with your friends. Thank you for sharing it on social media. Um, and thank you so much for your ratings and reviews. These are all ways that word just gets out about this podcast. And if you haven't left a rating or review yet, it would be such a blessing if you would take just a second to do that, you can pause even right now and you just scroll down on your phone to where you see the five stars, tap on those five stars, or if you want to take a moment to leave a few words about what you love most about the podcast, that would be so awesome. I read everyone and I am always so encouraged. And just for a little more motivation, we just celebrated three years since my book, Boy Mom, has come out. And this podcast really came to be because of my book, Boy Mom. And so you can consider it a little birthday gift to the book, to the podcast, if you take a moment to leave a rating or review. That would mean so much to me. I do like to occasionally share a recent review. So I'm sharing one today from Brittany Scoof. I love that last name. She titled it, So Thankful, gave the podcast five stars, and this is what she said. I am truly so blessed to have found this podcast. I'm a first-time mama expecting a boy in a few months. Okay, guys, 
She is on her game. I'm so impressed. When I found out that we were having a boy, I was so excited, but also so nervous. This podcast has been such a godsend with so much wisdom and solid advice. I've been binge listening to as many episodes as I can throughout the day. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and wisdom. This first time boy mom sure appreciates it. Brittany Scoop, thank you so much. I'm truly encouraged by that. And I'm so impressed. You're going to be an amazing mom. That's just, you know, you are on your game and I'm so proud of you. All right, friends. So let's dive right in as we draw from chapter nine, inspiring young minds, learning and discovering passions. We open here with a quote from Abraham Lincoln, and it says, God bless my mother. All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to her. How great is that, you guys? I love that quote from Abraham Lincoln. So I always like to start these episodes by just reading um, a little bit from the opening of the chapter. So here we go. It begins like this. Abraham Lincoln is just one of the many great men of history who credited their mothers which much, with much of their success. Lincoln actually praised both his birth mother and his stepmother, whom his father married after his biological mother died. He developed a strong bond with his stepmother, and though she was illiterate, she was the one who reportedly got books for Abe and encouraged him to read both in school and at home. Later in life, Lincoln said of his stepmother that she had been his best friend in the world and that no son could love a mother more than he loves her. What an inspiring reminder of the importance of our role in our boys' lives. Our sensitivity to their gifts and challenges positions us to play a key role in their academic endeavors and their life pursuits. We moms can encourage, motivate, empathize with, and cheer on our sons like no other. Thomas Edison said of his mother, my mother was the making of me. She was so true, so sure of me, and I felt I had something to live for, someone I must not disappoint. And how about this one from Pablo Picasso? When I was a child, my mother said to me, if you become a soldier, you'll be a general. If you become a monk, you'll end up as the Pope. Instead, I became a painter and wound up as Picasso. Imagine the impact we could make if all of us moms communicated such strong confidence in our sons and their potential. Don't you just love that? I love that. All right, next we go into foundations for learning. And I talk about how there's no denying that we have a great role in our son's lives and that we can make a huge difference. But of course, it's a lot easier to say that while looking at great men of history than while considering the delightful yet much in process boys standing before us, right? Boys who may be gifted or average or still needing a reminder to change their underwear each morning. I say here that an awareness of our potential influence on our sons can be both inspiring and daunting. And in particular, it's easy for us moms to get stressed out about our son's education and future success. Somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. It's just one of those things that's on our mind from the beginning, right? Well, I talk here about a story when um, I was at a park when my first son was just two years old and I met a mom with a newborn. And as we chatted, she mentioned that she had just placed her baby on a wait list for a well-known preschool. And she said, there's a three-year wait list, you know. 
Well, I stared at her trying to hide my sudden panic. I'm no mathematician, I said, but my quick calculation suggested my son would not be going to that preschool. I had not started even thinking about preschool yet. Well, most parents do admit to being concerned about everything from the schools their children will attend to their grades, standardized tests. Thoughts of college and their career begin to interrupt their sleep long before it seems reasonable. Maybe some of the dads stress about this stuff too, but I know I'm the one that I find waking up in the nighttime thinking about all of these things. And it might seem like we've gotten out of hand with this stress, but we do live in challenging times and competition is high and financial stability is not certain. And so I think that this is a time in history where it makes sense for us to be concerned, but we need to keep that concern at bay, right? We want to keep a grasp on reality and not get too stressed out. But I say in full acknowledgement of the burden of our son's future success resting on our shoulders, let's chat about how we can unload some of that weight as we equip our younger sons to grow up to responsibly carry their own load and to become self-directed boys who value their education and find interests and passions they can carry with them into adulthood. That's our goal, right? So first of all, we talk here about creating a learning environment in your own home, and it all starts at home. If we simply set up our home as a place where kids are inspired and naturally drawn to learning, we are giving them a great foundation. And we can do that by having things, a lot of books around, puzzles around, by getting screens out of the central focus of the home. Consider how you can make your home a place that really fosters a learning environment. Opportunities abound every day if we have learning on our mind. And young kids are curious by nature. They're they're always asking questions. And so we can direct those questions to opportunities to learn. There is an article I talk about here in The Guardian. Um, Ian Leslie summarized some recent research on the importance of encouraging curiosity in young children. He used the example of a toddler pointing at an object. And the research found that when a toddler points and you get the object for them, They learn that pointing gets things. However, if you respond to his pointing by saying the name of the object, he learns that pointing gets him answers. So when our kids are young, we want to answer their questions and ask some of our own. We want to foster their curiosity in a way that's likely to blossom into a lifestyle of learning. Leslie said, by the time children from curious households go to school, they have a head start on their peers. Having absorbed more information from their parents and caretakers, they know more, which means they find it easier to learn more. So one key to building a foundation for our kids to become learners is to stay curious and encourage curiosity in our kids. The next section isn't anything brand new, but it's always good to have a reminder. It's about the importance of reading and reading aloud. There are few things as important for our son's education as helping them develop a love of reading. And a love of reading often stems from being read aloud to. Studies show that children who have been read aloud to develop greater communication skills, earn higher grades, even score higher on standardized tests. Truly, just that that process of reading aloud to our kids in their early years can make such a difference in their future. Now, I've struggled a little bit with reading aloud. I love reading aloud, but the truth is I get really sleepy. I've always 
thought I probably have some degree of narcolepsy because when I read aloud, my eyes start to roll back in my head. So I confess that here, but I've really, really tried. And I love that my boys have great memories of me reading aloud to them. And so I guess I pulled it off as best I could. Um, but somebody I mentioned here, I'll put a link in show notes to Sarah McKenzie. She has the Read Aloud Revival website as well as a podcast. And she shares a lot of just encouragement to read to your kids. She shares book reviews and um, all kinds of things related to raising kids to be readers. But she encourages families to read aloud, reminding us that even 10 minutes a day adds up to hours and days over time. In her book, The Read Aloud Family, Sarah writes, reading aloud with our kids is indeed the best use of our time and energy as parents. It's more important than just about anything else we can do. And I have to agree. Like I said, I love that my older boys now have fond memories of me reading at bedtime, but also throughout the day. And I try to use times with Levi um, because we homeschool, but um, even on weekends or anytime we're gathered around for lunch, I'll have a couple books in my kitchen. Um, I, some that are kind of unique, like I have a book of poetry, a book of um, like Aesop's fables or short stories. And then I also have one on different eras of music and one on different eras of artwork. And so it's just something different that it's not like reading aloud a story, but we'll just do that while we're having lunch. And I feel like it's just a way to stimulate more learning. I'm not completely consistent with that, but it's something I've really tried to do at lunchtime. So that's one idea. Okay, we're going to dive into the next section here, which is about motivating boys to learn. And when I asked my blog readers while I was working on Boy Mom, I put some questions out for blog readers, and I asked some of the concerns and challenges related to their sons and learning, and the topic kept coming up that it was hard for moms to motivate their sons to want to learn, to be self-directed learners, and to appreciate their education, and I totally get that. And I share a quote here that I actually also have in the character training course. It's one of my favorites. It says, um, it's from James Lehman, who's a behavioral expert. And he says, frankly, you can't make your child care. Let's be honest. The old saying, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink is true. But understand that while we can't make our kids drink, we can certainly try to make them thirsty. So how can you make your kid thirsty? How can you make your son thirsty for education and learning? Well, the first thing we talk about here is to inspire our kids. And the best place to do this, of course, as always, is through your own behavior. If our sons see us parents excited about learning, investing in our own learning, growing and challenging ourselves, that's going to be probably the most inspiring thing they can see. So if you have a job or if you're reading a great book or doing a Bible study or growing a garden or learning some new skill or just find something interesting, I encourage you to talk to your kids about it. Oftentimes kids are more interested than we think they are. And it also kind of just teaches them to be interested in other people. I find that using the home to do that is actually really good. It's been really good for my boys. So I love to just share with them, you know, in short snippets, as is reasonable for their age, the things that I'm learning in ways that I'm growing. And again, as we do this, it's just modeling and setting that environment in the home that we are learners. This is what our family does. And I think it inspires our kids more than we realize. Now, I'm also a fan of sharing really good resources that might inspire our kids to learn. You might give him links to TED Talks or YouTube videos or an inspiring movie. There are so many 
many resources we can point our kids to. I know you hear me talk about this a lot, but there's a lot of ways we can give our kids good resources and then talk about it as a family. I also think it's really helpful to kind of connect the dots. Sometimes kids will talk about what they want to do when they grow up or somebody they admire or some dream they have. But for parents to connect the dots between, hey, what you're learning in school is actually going to help you accomplish the things you're dreaming about. Or it might be, I know in our family, sometimes it's just like, you know what, the discipline that it requires for you to do school and to do the things in front of you are going to be important to accomplish your dreams. Even if it seems unrelated right now, I promise there is a connection and kind of helping point to how you can connect those dots. And it may not happen right away, but eventually kids start to see that connection. And sometimes that does truly inspire them. All right. Next, we talk about teaching a growth mindset. This is something that I feel like has come up a lot in my family recently. I love the topic of a growth mindset. Uh, There's a book called Mindset by Stanford University psychologist Carol Dweck, and she encourages parents to help their kids move away from a fixed mindset, which is one where they believe they've been given a certain amount of intelligence, personality, gifts, and talents, to a growth mindset, which is a belief that their basic qualities are things they can cultivate through their efforts. Now, adults get stuck in this too. I'm just making a side note here. We can have a fixed mindset as adults, or we can have a growth mindset. Dweck says that research has shown that the view you adopt for yourself, whether a fixed or growth mindset, profoundly affects the way you lead your life. So Dweck suggests that rather than trying to talk to your children out of a fixed mindset, it's helpful to live the growth mindset in front of them. For example, at the dinner table, you can structure the discussion around the growth mindset, asking each child and each other, what did you learn today? What mistake did you make that taught you something? She goes on to suggest that you talk about skills you have today that you didn't have yesterday because of the practice you put in. You can dramatize mistakes you made that held the key to the solution, telling it like a mystery story. Dweck suggested that soon the children will be eager to tell their own stories. Then you respond excitedly saying, oh my goodness, you certainly did get smarter today. And so with that thought in mind, the download I have for you all in show notes, the resource I gave with this chapter was a list of growth mindset questions for family conversations. A lot of people really enjoyed these. So you can go over to show notes, you can download and print out this list of questions and use them at the dinner table or over breakfast or when you're hanging out with your kids. I think it's really good. Okay, next I talk about another topic, this another favorite. These are all my favorites, I know, but I talk about leveraging your son's currency. Currency is something I talk about. You've probably heard Wendy speak and I talk about it, but it's really the thing that motivates your son. What is your son's currency? Pause maybe right now and just think, what is something that if you offer it to your son. It might be more time doing a sport he loves. It might be time with a friend or putting money towards something that he's saving up for. Um, It might be screen time, time playing video games. I think that's it for a lot of kids right now. Um, I know when I wrote this, my son Luke said that Ben and Jerry's half-baked ice cream could motivate him to do just about anything. So it's just 
thinking about the things that motivate your son and and using those to help him reach his goals. I mean, a, a current example here is Levi has a savings account. He really has a dream trip to go to Pebble Beach to golf. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but he has a little place where he's keeping all of his money that he's saving. And so for every full book he finishes, I'm putting $5 into his little savings account. And that's totally motivating him because he's seeing that money grow towards an adventure he'll take with his family. But it's really encouraging him to read more. And so it's a win-win. Another thing I mentioned here is celebrating your child's accomplishments. Everyone loves to be acknowledged, so give your son as much reason as you can to do well. Make a big deal out of hard-earned grades or other accomplishments. Also, boys generally respond really well to challenges and competition. So think of ways you might create a competition in the home or give him a challenge, give him something to work for, knowing there's a reward at the end. So using your son's currency, motivating him through challenges, and acknowledging his accomplishments are all going to be ways to motivate your son. Also, try to incorporate his personal interests. When boys are encouraged to incorporate their personal interests into their schoolwork, oh my goodness, it makes such a difference. I know I've learned that when my boys have to write a paper, if I allow them to write about something that they love and are passionate about, it can make a huge difference. Now, we don't always have the option to make schoolwork interesting, and that's okay. Work isn't always interesting in real life, right? And our sons have to learn that sooner or later. But when we can, we should help motivate them by giving them meaningful and relevant things that are going to just motivate them to put more heart into their work. Next, I talk about the importance of allowing boys to move and to get their wiggles out. Certainly, especially little boys are going to do better in school if they have a chance to move frequently. If your son is expected to sit still for too long without breaks to move and play, it shouldn't be a surprise if he's not thriving. Unfortunately, most schools are not well suited to boys who need space to move. And I think a lot of kids end up diagnosed with ADHD. Some legit have it, but I think sometimes boys are just being boys and they need to move. And so I think it's really important that we take that into consideration if our boys are struggling in school. Uh, Now, early on in the book, I talked about how I was concerned about one of my sons um, because he had impulsive behavior when he was like a toddler and he was driving me crazy. And if you remember, I will try to remember if this was the second uh, episode in this series. I'll try to link to it in show notes in case you missed it. But I had a psychologist actually evaluate my son. And at the end of the evaluation, this psychologist said that my son was what he calls a boy. And the truth is that prompted me to reframe my expectations. Since those early days, I realized how much more we needed to just get out and get a lot of activity in. And so I started to break up the day by letting my boys get outside. We would even just go to a field and I would just let them run. And that takes some effort on mom's part, but man, it sure pays off. Boys' minds actually work best when their bodies are moving. Um, Andrew Poudois, somebody who I just love, he's a 
teaches homeschool writing course called IEW, the Institute for Excellence in Writing. He's conducted hundreds of writing intensives, and he teaches kids in a classroom setting for days at a time. But he has done a conference speaking called Teaching Boys and Other Children Who Would Rather Make Forts All Day, which I loved. And in it, he explains some of the differences in boys and girls' brains especially those that affect them in the classroom. Andrew Poudoua emphasizes the benefits of allowing kids to work in creative spaces, even spend some of their school day standing up. According to Poudoua, he says, maybe instead of sit down and do your math, we should be saying stand up and do your math. He actually suggests that boys oftentimes do better schoolwork standing up. So maybe using a stand-up desk isn't just for adults. Maybe our kids benefit as well. So I really try to give Levi some freedom when I'm homeschooling him to sit in different places, to stand up, to um, move around. Uh, If he's listening to a lecture, to have something in his hands that he's playing with or he can be doodling. But that can make a big difference in our kids' learning. Okay, now we have to talk about resistance. and. There's just no doubt, even if we do everything right, sometimes a boy will still be unmotivated to do his schoolwork. And this can be so frustrating for parents, especially if you know your son is capable. And if your son struggles to find motivation, I encourage you to just open up some conversations. Ask him plainly if anything is going on in his life that might be the cause. Hopefully, if you have a good relationship with your son, he'll feel comfortable opening up to you. If there's um, an area he's really struggling with, if he needs a little extra help, Um, sometimes kids are just going to have a rebellious attitude towards school. And James Lehman suggests that often the children who seem to lack motivation, he says they're actually quite motivated, but in a negative direction. Lehman says, I think it's helpful to see that rather than being unmotivated, these kids are actually motivated to not perform and to resist their parents. In other words, they're motivated to do nothing. Think of lack of motivation as an action problem, and the action is to resist. And if that's the case, then this is really more of a behavioral issue, which will probably require some tough love, maybe some discipline. Uh, It was episode 146 that I talked about raising boys with boundaries and freedoms, and we talk a little bit about discipline in there, and there's a download that goes with that one. So you might want to revisit that. Um, because you really don't want to um, coddle or cater to a child who is being disrespectful and rude um, just for the sake of rebellion. You want to be able to discern what you're dealing with and then handle it appropriately. But by all means, we do want to rally around our sons and be their biggest cheerleaders when it comes to learning. And if they really want to learn, but they're struggling, we want to figure out how we can best help them with that. Next, I talk about the importance of us not rescuing our sons. It's important that we support our sons in all they do, but we also need to back off and allow them to do their own work and face the consequences if they don't. If you're aware of an upcoming deadline, it is absolutely reasonable to remind your son about it, require him to prepare for it. But when he procrastinates on his science project till 10 p.m. the night before it's due, I don't recommend you rescue him. He'll learn a far greater lesson if he fails his science project than if you jump in and rescue him. And I know this is easier said than done. And with college acceptance and scholarships hanging in the balance, we can feel a ton of pressure to step in and rescue. But instead, I suggest helping your son organize his time in advance. Encourage him to create a calendar, establish daily routines, 
This is all going to not only make him a better student, but also will benefit him for a lifetime. So sometimes we need to let our kids learn lessons the hard way. I encourage you to let them face their own consequences. Then finally, I have the last section here is just about helping our boys find interests and passions. And this is outside of just academics. We want our kids to fall in love with things, to find things that will interest them now and might stick around for the rest of their life. Now, there are different ways of looking at this. Even between a husband and a wife, oftentimes there's a little bit different opinion or viewpoint. And so this is something every couple, every set of parents needs to work out. But there's, I think, culturally right now, there is such a push for kids needing to find their thing, their sport, their instrument, whatever they're going to be great at. They need to find it by the time they're, you know, eight years old. And then you narrow in and do just that. And and there's no doubt if you look at, you know, some of the great athletes or great, uh, you know, minds of our time, they probably did start focusing young. Some of them do fine and are healthy and and do great. Others get really messed up by parents who make them laser focused on one thing and then burn them out. I know this is a conversation we've had in my home a lot, especially with sports like surfing and now golf. And it's like, oh, where is that balance? And then there's the parents who are like, my kid hasn't found anything. They're just kids, you know? And and I think back and kind of cherish those days when I was a kid where it was okay to just be a kid. You did different sports in different seasons. You tried a little of everything. Maybe you weren't very good at anything. You rode your bike around all summer. Like that was just childhood. So I know this is just one of those things that we need to work out for ourselves, for our families, and for our children individually. Maybe if you see something that's really standing out to you when they're young, it's it's worth saying, is this something we want to go all in on? Um, How can we still give our child a healthy childhood? So I don't have a a great answer for you on this other than acknowledging that this is a conversation that you probably want to have while the kids are young or if things are coming up that you see maybe there's a difference in how you and your husband um, or the child's father or other people involved in their life view it. You want to try to be on the same page with these things. There's a whole bunch more in this chapter on that topic, but one thing I want to highlight here is that I talk about how no doubt more fulfilling than any hobby or personal pursuit will be teaching our kids to serve others. And I think it's just so important that we give our kids lots of opportunities to be mindful of others' needs, of those who are hurting, of looking for ways to learn about, pray for, and then serve others, whether you find a way to practically serve or maybe write letters of, to support, of support to uh, children you sponsor in another country. But those have been some of our greatest um, character building opportunities with our boys have been getting them involved in service projects. So I highly recommend that. Along these lines of helping our kids find interests and passions, I want to share a quote here that I included in the book. Um, it's actually by Scott Hamilton, who is an Olympic gold medalist figure skater. And Luke and I are big fans of Scott Hamilton. We've actually mentioned before a book that he wrote called Finish First that has been really encouraging for Luke in his surfing career. But in it, this is what he writes. He says, if you don't know your purpose, here are some questions to ask yourself. What do you love to do? When are you happiest, most excited, and most engaged in what you're doing? What are you gifted to do? And how can you turn that into something meaningful for your life and for the world? Are you naturally good at telling and understanding stories? Pay attention to that. Are you seven feet tall? (laughs) That's significant. Are you naturally good with children? That's a gift. Lean into it. If we can stop for a moment and be quiet, 
we can hear through the noise of the world and take stock of our natural gifts and capabilities. There we find our great purpose. So I really think that's some good advice coming from a wise man. I wrap up this chapter here just reminding uh, readers and myself and my husband (laughs) to Uh, really lighten up a little bit and to keep perspective, especially in the area of trying not to make our interests our kids' interests. Sometimes, in fact, often our kids are going to choose to do things that we maybe don't love or didn't grow up doing, and sometimes we can learn to love those things. Uh, Oftentimes, our kids don't choose to do the same activities or sports that we did, and that's taken some adjustment in our family. We've told the story before that my husband was, uh, you know, really serious soccer player and just kind of imagined and expected that his kids would grow up to be soccer players, and none of them wanted to play when we started them when they were young. Um, I mean, some of them were okay with it, but it just didn't click the same way that we found then surfing and skating did. And so we had some adjustments to make, but it's just really important to uh, let your kids be children, let them be their own person, Um, support them as they discover who God made them to be and try not to put our interests and passions onto them. Try, Try not to live out our childhood dreams through our kids, right? We've all seen the parents who do that and we don't want to be that parent. Okay, and my closing words here are this. Whether your son becomes super academic or a super athlete is not nearly as important as his knowing that someone believed he could do anything. Just think what a privilege you have to be that person. So that's really the heart of this chapter. And again, I had to skim over a whole bunch of stuff, but I hope you have a boy mom book. If you don't, you can find it on Amazon. There's a link to it in show notes, but there's a whole bunch more in there. And I do hope it encourages and inspires you as you start this new school year. And before I close, I love to just pray for all of you when I do these special episodes. So if you'll join me, I'll say a quick prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for every mom listening and for all the families that she represents. Thank you, God, for um, just the gift of of education and all the opportunities we have uh, to teach our kids, to give them opportunities to learn and explore their passions and interests, to try sports, to try music, to try all the different hobbies available to them. I pray that you would give us wisdom and discernment as we raise these kids, that you would help us to take some deep breaths and to not freak out, to to keep a lighthearted attitude and a, a great faith attitude as we raise these kids, knowing that you love them, that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, and that as we do our best, that you're going to guide them in direct them. There's not such a heavy weight on us as we often try to put on ourselves. So I pray, God, that you would just give us, give us the wisdom, bring opportunities to our kids and help us to know when to say yes and when to say no and and how to guide them and be great moms as they discover their passions and interests and as they navigate through school. Um, Help us to find the resources we need. Help us to find the um, help if we need help with any of these things. Lord, you're so good and we just trust you with these kids. And I just pray a blessing on all the moms as we start this new school year that we'd have strength and endurance for the homeschool moms to just start off strong and to not grow weary. Um, And just for all of us to support our kids, cheer them on and love them every step of the way. Pray all this in Jesus name. Amen.
All right, friends, thanks so much for hanging out with me here. This is such a privilege. And if you have any questions or want to add comments or thoughts, please do so over in show notes, which again, you can find at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 173. I always love hearing from you. Thanks again for spreading the word about this podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.